You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1110. And people ask me all the time, like, how much money have you lost selling land, Daniel? And my answer is to them, the only money that I've lost selling land are the properties that I never bought. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hello, Rhino Nation. You have your land expert, Brent Bowers, here today. And I've got an amazing guest, a friend of mine from the Army, from my old Army days. My friend's name is Daniel Watson. He's a captain in the United States Army. Uh, this guy's an incredible stud. He's an athlete. He's a father of two, amazing husband. And he actually just got back from an extremely long deployment in Korea. And I've got him here today to talk about land. So I'm, I'm really excited. Daniel, what's happening, my friend? Hey, man. How's it going? Definitely excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you. I'm going to ask you a ton of questions today about what you're doing in land, how you do it as a father, as a husband, and a guy just that's you're always at the military's beck and call. Like, how in the world are you doing it? So I'm intrigued by this. I know we talk about couple times a month and you always inspire me with what you're doing. So I'm always like pushing my team and like, hey, you hear what Daniel's doing over here? Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So why the heck land? You know, why land? You're an army officer. You don't need the extra pay. Like, what are you doing this for? Yeah, well, thanks for all that. I appreciate it. Honestly, I mean, this this started out as kind of a hobby. You know, I was like you said, I was deployed in South Korea for all of 2018. And I took that time, you know, I saw what you were doing, Brent, you inspired me. And uh, I saw what you were doing with your house flipping and wholesaling. And then you got into land and you told me about that. And uh, I just spent that whole time I was away from my family, just studying, researching. I kept coming back to land for a few reasons. Everybody sees HGTV and they want to flip houses. They want to wholesale. They want to do some buy and holds, rentals, and all those things. And those are all great. I do those things. But there's just a few things about land that really intrigued me. And um, one is something you talk about. I've heard you talk about before, the the pea houses, <laughs> the pea smell houses that you always have to deal with with these, these renos that are always done. Contractor issues. Um, repairs on buy and holds, you know, that can eat up your entire profit margin for an entire year on one repair. And then competition was certainly one. So all of those things, I mean, for instance, myself, I have a house that I, I just had to replace the AC unit on it. It was $3,600. I'm only making $250 a month profit, you know, on that house. So my profit for the whole year would have been 3000 you know, and I just lost all of that on one repair on a house that I had to do like two months after buying it. So that that's why land really for me. Sorry for my delay. I just had to pull out the calculator because I've been there with uh, these houses. I, I had one uh, that I bought in 2007 and I was actually getting $150 a month passive income with that net income after all expenses as if nothing broke. And I feel like every six months, something major would break, whether it be the water heater, the septic system, the roof, the well pump. So I just did some math. You were getting $200 a month net income after all expenses. 
and you had a $3,600 air conditioner. So for about 18 months, you're going to have to, you're not going to break even for that on that house or, or actually get any net profit on it. So that's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, if you dig into that even further a little bit, right? So I went a conventional route on this mortgage. So I have $18,000, you know, tied up in that house also, right? So if you think about dollars invested for your return, you know what I mean? For your cash flow, think about it. Okay. It took me $18,000 to get into an asset that's going to bring me $250 a month. All right. With land, I can invest $1,000. I can buy a property for a thousand bucks. And then I can turn around and sell it for $6,000. And if I do it on terms, I can get $250 a month just from that. You know, on one hand, I'm risking $18,000 keeping that tied up. And then with the land, I only have $1,000 tied up and I'm making the same amount of money each month. So less risk, you get your money out faster. How is it uh, finding these buyers for the $6,000, you know, being able to pay payments? You know, how hard is it to find that buyer? Because I get a lot of questions like, where do you find the buyers for these type things? You know, how do you find them? How hard is it? How long does it take to sell? Like, those are some of the questions I get asked all the time. Well, I can tell you that one of the counties that I'm doing my smaller dollar amount properties on, the, the desert squares, if you will, you know what I mean, that everybody talks about. And, you know, maybe Arizona, Nevada, places like that. You know, if, if I'm doing terms, well, actually, honestly, lately, I've been doing a lot more just cash sales. And I've been buying properties for $1,500. I've kind of figured out this area after four or five months. I know that I can get a property for $1,500 or less, and I can sell it for $4,500 to $5,000. And right now, for the last four months, I've been selling between three and four of those cash every month. So I'm making between four and $10,000 a month cash profit every month just steadily. And I know that I can do that for the foreseeable future. So $10,000 a month. It sounds like you're barely getting by. <laughs> thing, I mean, this whole thing for me, like I said, it's a hobby. You know, I, I have my other job and everything that I do, but this is just something that I enjoy doing. And it just so happens that for most people, I mean, including myself in a lot of ways, making six to $12,000 a month every month, I mean, that's a success story. I mean, that's perfect for so many people out there. So that's very powerful and life changing for, for a lot of people out there. And that would be enough for, I would say, the majority of folks out there wanting to to uh, to do this they would call it success i think yeah i absolutely think that's a success you know for some people an extra 300 dollars a month will absolutely be life changing and you're talking 6 to 12,000 a month well let's talk about how long you know how long did it take you to get there you must have been doing this for years you got a, a crazy business built up you got all this cash you know how long did it take you to get to 6 to 12,000 dollars a month consistently this is what I'm excited to hear because I feel like a lot of people are probably wondering like, okay, this had to have taken this guy, Daniel, years to do this. Right. So I've consistently done that for the last five months total. Okay. So for the last five months, I've made between six and uh, $12,000 a month on those desert square properties. I sent out my first mailer ever for land in May of 2020. So... <laughs> It took me like two months to, to build that consistency, honestly. So roughly, what are we looking at? Like seven months now you've been doing land? Yeah, seven months now I've been doing land and 
And every every month it's been getting just better and better and easier and easier. And we'll kind of talk about how I've kind of changed my whole game plan with all of this actually um, since it's been going so well so quickly. What do your offers look like? How many offers are you having to send out each month to get deal flow like you're doing? And mind you, like I don't think people, a lot of people don't realize the actual demand of being a military officer. I mean, first off, what are your work days look like in the military? And I mean, I know you just got back from Korea and all that. You know, what does your average work day look like? Yeah. So, so I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. I go to PT, which goes from 6.30 in the morning until 8. Go home, hang out with the kids for a while, make them breakfast, eat, go back to work. And, you know, I have to be there 9, 9.30. And then I typically work until about 18, well, 6 o'clock uh, every evening. So really, I'm doing this at night for maybe an hour a night and a couple hours on the weekend. And now more or less, you know, I'm, I'm still answering the phones and things like that. I don't have Pat Live. I don't have Airtable and <laughs> all of these things that folks use. I just, I just keep track of things on sometimes, you know, my green notebook that the army gives me and, and uh, an Excel spreadsheet, honestly. And that's, that's pretty much it. That is absolutely incredible. So you basically are at work by 6 a.m., leaving at 6 p.m. So that's a full, that's only a half day, right? We've got 24 hours a day. It's only, you're only working right. a half day. That's a, well, what's that? You don't need to sleep. Oh, yeah. by the way, I have two kids. I, you know, have a four-year-old at home, a two-year-old at home, and, and my, my wife as well, that I, I certainly make sure I don't neglect any of them. So yeah, and I'm sure your wife wants to see you from time to time. I mean, I know those kids will see you because they want to see you because I have uh, three of them running around stomping above my head right now waiting for me to get done with this podcast to play because when the kids come home, it's now my job is no longer buying and selling land. It's playing. Daddy's playtime. So no, that's amazing. So I love that you are doing this one hour a day and a few hours on the weekend. Like It's not like you're putting in a 40-hour week. Now, that's crushing so many misconceptions that people think about business people. Oh, to start a business, I've got to do you know tens of thousands of hours. I got to bootstrap everything. I, I got to work nonstop. I got to stop sleeping. You know, you still get time. Like it's you're doing an hour a day, so it's it's totally possible to do this. And you're just living proof of it. And how many offer letters a month or a week are you having to send out to do deal flow like this? So this is funny too, actually, because. I do send out a lot now, but the funny thing about it is the initial properties that I got were, and, and really a lot of them that I sold throughout this, this whole last five months were off of my first mailer is what's crazy <laughs> about it. And I sent out, I think 2000 pieces and I had, I just stumbled across one guy who, you know, I sent him an offer on one property and he's like, well, Hey Dan, uh, I, I see you want to buy this property. I actually have 10 more. If you want to buy those two, I'd be happy to sell them to you. I was like, well, yes, sir. I'd be happy to buy those from you. Know? And the funny thing is I only bought five of them at first. And just because, you know, for me, I had to prove to myself that it worked first before I invested too much money into it. Well, for me, what was too much money into it. So I sold those first five in like a month and a half. And I was just like, okay, I called him back. It's like, hey, can I buy those other five? <laughs> so I bought those other five from him, sold all of those. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like it happened so quick. And I and even still, I'm still calling people that I didn't 
buy land off of that I had accepted offers for. I'm having to go back now and contact these people because I saved their phone numbers and email addresses and try and get them to sell sell to me again because I know now that it'll sell. And people ask me all the time, like, how much money have you lost selling land, Daniel? And my answer is to them, the only money that I've lost selling land are the properties that I never bought. You know what I mean? Wow. Like that's essentially it. Any property that I just didn't have the money at the time to purchase, it's potential earnings that I've lost, you know? The only money you've ever lost in lands are the deals you haven't purchased. That's incredible. That's a quote from my board right there. So out of two, you said 2,000 letters and you did 10 deals. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a half percent. That's literally a 0.5 half percent closing rate. And it you know, goes against everything you you hear too, because you're like, well, you know, if you get more than two point five percent or so response rate, like maybe you price too high. But for whatever reason, I mean, they all accepted them <laughs> at fifteen hundred dollars or less, and I sold all of them for fifty five hundred dollars or forty five hundred dollars. So that's incredible. That's amazing. And yeah, it doesn't matter response rate. It's all about the conversion rate. I mean, you know, I know you you bought houses as well. You know, how many? House mailers did you have to send out just to buy one house? Brent, that's why I stopped sending out house mailers because <laughs> I, you know this too. That's why you're asking this question. I spent all this money and I sent out like 4,000 mailers on houses. Probably spent $2,000, $2,500 probably on that mailing campaign. And I got like two responses back, nothing under contract. It, it's just, I have to say, I think it's just the competition. There's so many people, again, I think that that when you talk and hear about real estate, that it's, I have to buy houses, you know? And you know as well as I do that people are trying to wholesale properties that are just junk. And there's no spread. There's no way that the, that the person, that's the investor that's buying off this wholesaler can make any money off of this. The profit margins on land are just exponentially better. It's just, it really is a game changer, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if you're selling it in a month and a half of buying five parcels of land and selling all five of them in a month and a half, so you're getting your all your money plus profit in a month and a half. You know, I know why you didn't buy any houses. You got to send out 4,000 letters a month and it's a minimum of at least three months of doing that. So you're at four, eight, 12,000 before you finally convert one of them. But uh, it just takes a ton more mailers. So I love that. I appreciate you answering that question. And yeah, I kind of did that a little tongue in cheek. So I, I know when you're, you're doing that and I've been there as well. So what are some of the learning lessons that you've come across with buying land? I know it hasn't all been perfect roses type thing and easy transactions. Like what did the learning lessons look like? You know, I wasted a lot of money. Well, not a lot of money, but I wasted some money on trying to make sure everything was absolutely perfect before I even sent out my first mailer, like websites, you know, paying people to create a website. You know, I, I would say don't pay you know, somebody a crazy amount of money to actually create your website for you. I mean, there's places like Fiverr you can go on and have a website created, you know, a WordPress site created for you for, for very little. And, and really to me, the website is mainly credibility for you. Um, I haven't sold a whole lot of land off my personal website, but on my mailer that I send out, I have that website on there, you know, the address so they can go back and see that, that this is legit. 
I'm a real person that's doing this. It's not, it's not a scam. If you're starting with desert square properties, like a lot of people do starting out with this, I would say if you have $5,000, let's say, don't go out and buy a $5,000 property, you know, that you want to sell for $10,000, right? If you have $5,000, buy five $1,000 properties that you can sell for four or $5,000 a piece. You know what I mean? Have a little bit of an inventory rather than just having one property that you're advertising, you know, be able to advertise multiple properties for yourself. And then once you get the properties, go ahead and pull the trigger on, on getting lands of America, you know, go ahead and get, um, I know it's like $250 a month or whatever to, to, to list your properties on land watch. It's like land watch land and farm. And I believe something else, but like that is what changed everything. Honestly, almost all my leads off of Landwatch, the whole Lands of America site. And then let's see, don't send test mailers. <laughs> don't send like 500 mailers at a time thinking, well, this place might work, blah, blah, blah. But any successful mailing campaign is going to need at least 1500 mailers in it to really you know, test that area. And then don't get hung up on pricing. That's another great one on, in my mind. Don't get hung up on pricing. One of the podcasts that I watch regularly, I believe, talks about paralysis by overanalysis, you know, overanalysis paralysis. So you're, you're analyzing it and you're analyzing, you're getting your pricing together, you're testing, you know, you're looking into this area and then you just never get any mail out, you know? So don't get stuck in, in that boat either. So I think those are a lot of really good kind of lessons learned and ways to go into this and kind of be more successful right from the start. Great advice. Great advice. Everything is never going to be perfect you know, launch the mail. I love that you launched 2000 mailers at once. And you're so right. You know, you know, you got to get to around 1500. It's like prime. I always say it's like priming that pump. You got to just prime that old pump, you know, keep cranking that handle and eventually water will start to come out and you got to keep going. Don't stop. Eventually, once you get a good flow of water or deal flow, land flow, whatever it is, you could slow down a little bit, but you got to keep pumping it. And I love the fact, I remember talking to you a while back ago about like your website and everything you're doing. And I totally agree. A website is a great thing to have, but don't spend much time on it. I mean, you can get a carrot site by going to landsellswebsite.com. Landsellswebsite.com is a good site to go to. You can get uh, a free trial with that. I think it's a 30-day free trial. And you can literally start tomorrow. And it's like, I think, what, $50 a month. So it's a really good way to get started. You know, don't spend time on your website, spend time getting that mail out. And I love that you say you spend money on advertising like Lands of America or Land.com, Landwatch, great sites. You get your stuff out there in front of people that are actually looking to buy land. And don't get hung up on pricing. You know, that's, that's a lot of fear for people. I don't want to hold you too long, but that makes me think of one more thing is, like, what made you pick your area? Because I have a lot of people come to me as like, you know, what's a good area? How do I choose an area? And you don't have to give your special secret sauce. But I remember you picked an area very quick, Daniel. And that was what I was just so impressed with. Like, and I did too. And we both do deals. But I know there's people out there, they're like, oh, I don't know what area to pick. And they're not doing deals yet. But like, how did you just pull the trigger on that? So it came from me wanting to get away from the desert squares, right? So I feel like I spend so much money talking to people for... I talked to you about this yesterday, Brent. I talked to a guy for a half an hour on this property that I was going to try and sell to him where I would make $3,000. The next day, he never called me back. So I never sold that property, right? And I spent all that time doing that. So I thought, 
I'm going to get into infill lots. You know what I mean? I'm going to get into infill lots. I'm going to try and get this, just bump up this profit margin, you know, spend a little more on each one of these properties and just really bump up that profit margin and scale up. So that's what I did. I started doing that and I sent out my first mailer for that in November. And the way I found my area was I basically went to the state that I wanted to do business in. I went to, uh, to Zillow, pulled up the map, filtered it from houses, took all the houses off and everything and just put lots. And then I you know, hit for sale and then I hit sale, right? And then I just started seeing all the dots pop up, all the yellow and red dots in the state that I was looking in. So then I just started zooming in to different areas on that map and seeing what is the reason people are buying land in that area. What's the attribute of that area? Is it a hill? Is it water? In my case, it was water. Okay, so I started seeing all of these dots all around these bodies of water where everybody was interested in living. And these are high dollar neighborhoods. I mean, these are houses that each neighborhood, the houses are $500,000 minimum built in these neighborhoods. So, you know, I I started looking at the zip codes and I started mailing to those zip codes kind of based off of of what houses go for in that area. I thought, okay, well, this is probably what a contractor would pay me to buy this lot in that area so he could build a house on it. Right. Because as you and I both know, new builds are harder. You know, right now, houses are hard to come by. So new builds are very popular. So I just thought, well, maybe I'll start trying to advertise to contractors you know, market to contractors. And that's what I did. It's funny. I did exactly what I said not to do right here. I sent out a 500 piece mailer, (laughs) sent out a 500 piece mailer. I came back, priced it completely wrong. And uh, this lady calls me back and she's like, Hey, uh, I have this uh, purchase agreement from you. Um, I have this property. However, I have two of these and you offered me $5,000 for one, but I'm going to have to have $10,000 for each. So I go back, I look at that neighborhood and I see these houses are like million dollar houses in this area. I was like, absolutely. (laughs) Got them under contract, paid all in. I was $24,000 all in on both of these properties and closed 48 hours later after I put them on Zillow myself, I had an offer that I accepted for $90,000. Woo! (laughs) Ninety thousand dollars in forty-eight hours. Uh, let's just do some quick math. You paid twenty-four for it, so ninety, eighty, seventy, sixty. What is that? A sixty-six thousand dollar profit in forty-eight hours on a five hundred five hundred mailers. Yep, that's you did. You priced wrong. I mean, this is amazing. And <laughs> it goes even further than that, Brent, because. There were other properties in there that I told you about over this week that were from that same 500 piece mailer that I have started calling back and getting new up to date purchase agreements on and sent a title. And um, I thought, okay, cool, you know, I'll make $10,000 on each one of these. There's three of them. I was like, I'll make $10,000 on each one of these. I'll be happy. $30,000 profit on these three properties. Start calling realtors. You know, I got a realtor that's been in the area for 20 years and he starts running numbers for me since I have him under contract. He starts running numbers for me and he came back and he said, Okay, so the first property, it looks like I'll be able to get probably about 45,000 for it. The other one, I'll be able to get 55,000 and the other one, I'll be able to get 10. So 
I'm all in on these properties for $26,000 and it looks like I'll be able to sell them for 110. Wow. So that's all on 500 piece mailer. You're going to do four, no, actually three, five, five deals. Yep. That's going to make you, you made 66 on one. And what's the other one on the other one? You know, 70, I think it's going to be 91,200 is what they think right now. Yeah. So 91,000 plus the 66. Yep. So $150,000. On 500 mailers. Yep. You must be really good at picking an area. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, think about it. It's much easier. And I heard this quote the other day. I heard Joe McCall say this and he was uh, on a podcast and I think he's, he gave credit to Kent Clothier, but he said it's much easier to sell people what they want rather than what you have. So you found a demand, an area of demand, and you bought the land there and people want it and they're buying it from you. So man, that's incredible. My hat's off to you. Why the heck wouldn't these sellers just take the easy route and put it on Zillow or list it with a realtor? Like... I know you're a good looking guy, you're great on the phone, but like, what is so good about you? Why would they sell it to you? That is the biggest question that people ask me when I tell them about this type of stuff. And in particular, my father-in-law, <laughs> my father-in-law, he's like, you know, Big Lou. Big Lou. Uh, Big Lou. So he asked me all the time, you know, I tell him what I'm going to sell this property for. And I don't think he ever believes me until I show him, you know, the HUD at the end, like this is actually what I sold it for. But I kind of stopped asking this question, but this is what I think it is. Let's say you own a old classic car, right? And it's in your garage, right? You know, it's worth something. It's, it's been sitting under a bunch of tools and old wood and stuff like that. It's in your garage. You have every intention of selling that someday, but you just never get around to it. And then you have a guy like me that sends you a letter saying, Hey, I'll pay you this much money for that car in your garage. I mean, what are the odds that you'll just go ahead and, and take that offer? You know what I mean? And let's take it a step yeah. further. Let's say that you have an old car in a garage in Texas and you live in Colorado. And I find out you have it. What are the odds that you'd sell me that car that you never get to enjoy? You never get to use? You never get to have fun with? It's just sitting there, you know, collecting dust. And Pretty darn good odds, especially if my wife's been telling me to sell it. Yeah, exactly. And then let's say you had to pay taxes on it every year. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. That's exactly what it is, I think. I think people know. I think people inherit things sometimes. I think people know that it's probably worth something. They just, you know, with their busy day-to-day life, they don't get around to selling it. And an offer from somebody like you or I falls in their lap and they're just like, Great, this is awesome. I had to do no work for this whatsoever. I'm just collecting money. And I and I get to get my garage space back. Exactly. <laughs> now I buy a motorcycle because I've got room for three motorcycles in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's so funny. That's a perfect example. And I remember like six months ago, you told me this example and I kind of forgot all about it. But now that you said it again, it's so true. It is absolutely so true. And I find that most of these land sellers that sell me this land, they're not desperate for money. Like right. mm-hmm. they don't really care. It's just no emotional tie to it. There's not a lot of back and forth. We're not sitting at on their stinky cat pee house negotiating for three and a half hours and I'm late for dinner and my, my kids are tired and they want they want to see dad. No, it's a phone call and we're not having to go to the land. You know, it's just so much easier. 
Yeah. So, and everybody's going after the ugly, nasty foundation problem, roof caving in houses. I mean, geez, that one house we did together several, several years ago. Well, no, it was like two and a half years ago now, I think. I mean, we, we've had to fix the foundation that the house is like splitting in half. I mean, yeah. it's just a, a nut job. Yeah, so, absolutely. I'm excited. This has been a great, great call. Great podcast. I think it's going to provide a lot of value for the listeners. Last thing I'll ask is, you know, if someone's thinking about getting started with land investing to create passive income, and we didn't even talk about your passive income. I think we're like, we're going so long, but for someone to kind of either get out of the job they hate or get started in this and start crushing it like you, like, what would you recommend? Like how to get started? Just education. You know, I mean, educate yourself on everything um, as, as you're doing it. I myself, on my commute to and from work every single day, I'm listening to a podcast on land, on land sales or whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll say that there's so much free information out there also. But, you know, there's going to come a point where the free information is going to only take you so far. And then there's because all these folks on these podcasts on the on the free ones are giving you just enough to get by and then and then. Being part of a group and a team really makes all the difference. So once you learn everything you can from the podcasts and all of that stuff, become part of a community. That community is really powerful. They can, they can give you a lot of tips and then they can even become partners for you too. You can do joint ventures and, and, and different things like that and really you know, scale up on what you're doing for sure. I love it. Thanks so much. That That's such great advice. And thanks so much for joining me, Daniel. And if you're interested in getting started on your way to generating passive, massive passive income through land, head over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash land and schedule a call. Um, my team will hop on a short call with you and discuss your, your investing goals. And if it sounds like we're a good fit together, I mean, I'd be honored to help you on your land investing journey. Daniel, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, bro. Great night. Take care. I'll see you next time, Land Sharks. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.